Do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crashing against a bay. But it's not just any bay. It's a Baywatch, because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Michael Eisen. And I'm Morgan Thrapp. Morgan, I think this is the first time in like three seasons that I've read the intro normally. I think it is. Yeah, it did honestly throw me a little bit. (laughs) You know, sometimes the most different thing you can do is to do it normally. It's true. How are you supposed to establish how weird your other readings are if we don't get a baseline once in a while? Well, that's why you have episode one, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But don't go back and listen to episode one. (laughs) That's... That's a bad time. Instead, listen to this, which is season four, episode two, Race Against Time, part two. And this one is, checks notes, not a bad episode. Definitely not. I can't tell if that's sarcasm. It is extremely sarcasm. Okay, good. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Um, but if you're not sure either, this episode was written... By Michael Burke and Deborah Schwartz, just like part one. And it was directed again by the fastest gun in the West, Gregory J. Bonin. Aired September 20th, 1993. We do actually have one new guest star uh, that I really want to talk about. And that is, there is a guest star in this episode. uh, And that is uh, Peter Hook plays New Order. Now, uh, Morgan, do you know who Peter Hook is? I do not. He is the basis for the band New Order. <laughs> oh. And Joy Division. So they just put him in the episode as an extra and called him New Order because his band is New Order. Yeah, totally. It's very huh. dumb. I love it. Where was he? No clue. All uh, right. <laughs> I, I was like, this episode was, I don't want to say so bad that I didn't pay attention, but it wasn't, I wasn't it, trying to it pay was attention. It was rough. <laughs> I... I watched this episode first thing this morning at like 9 a.m. Why? Um, because my partner was recording a podcast at my house, and so I needed to do something that was solo and quiet. So I put in headphones and watched Baywatch. You poor thing. Let me tell you, this episode, when I was already feeling a little bit sleepy, it was very hard to just not fall right back to sleep. Well, hey, I mean, maybe this show is designed as a sleep aid. Could be. Honestly, I I have a tendency to watch YouTube to help me fall asleep, but this episode might be joining that rotation because it is so boring. So everyone, just remember, whenever Morgan wants to fall asleep, we'll just put on (laughs) Baywatch Season 4, Episode 2, Race Against Time, Part 2. Oh, yeah. Which we are talking about. In fact, Morgan, why don't you tell us about it? Yes, let's. We open on some burbling water, and we pan down to the plain. Gale has been hit on the head and is bleeding, and Hobie is freaking out because, you know, they're all about to drown and Mm. die. Well, they're not, like, there's no, there's no fear. Like, I know they've killed off characters before, but there's no fear that any of these people are going to die. Oh, no, absolutely not. Um... Um, I thought there was a chance Ken might. Oh, sure. At first, but he, he's a red not shirt. very much of one. You know, you know what I mean by a red shirt? Uh, yes, like from Star Trek. Yeah, exactly. Like he's mm-hmm. he's, dis- he's disposable. Yeah, I, I would be very surprised if we see him really ever again, honestly. Right. 
Um, but after that, uh, we see that Baywatch are on their way to the crash site. Uh, okay, and then, okay, so mm-hmm. I have some questions about this. Yes. Okay, so like, is this in their jurisdiction? Because they were flying for a bit, and given what I'm seeing, I looked at a map. Mm-hmm. They would be only flying over water for about a few minutes before they got back on land. If they were, because mm-hmm. going from from Malibu to Mexico, you go in a southeast line, like a diagonal sure. line. So, if anything, they'd only be going over water for a few minutes, unless they went for a C shape path and, yeah. and out into the water. And uh, I actually asked Andrew about this, and he said, "Oh, yay!" He said, "I don't know. I just fly the planes, man." <laughs> and I said, "That's bullshit because you plan out the path." And he said, "Yeah, but like, I don't know the '90s." And I said, "That's fair." <laughs> um, um, but I, I think this is really weird because why would this be J- Baywatch's jurisdiction? So. Yeah. Given how far they are off land, it's almost like they took off and then immediately their engine failed. Right. Like, like immediately. <laughs> Which is especially weird because it, like, it sure seems in part one like they've been in the air for a hot minute. Like, Right. It's not moving at the speed of smell, you know. <laughs> it, it, it's a plane. It right. moves fast. And the Coast Guard planes say they'll be there in about five minutes. Where are they coming from? They can't have been up in the air for five minutes. That just yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. Um, it it really, I mean, this entire second part just feels horrendously underwritten. Um, oh, only the second part and not this TV show? <laughs> well, even Whoa. by the standards of this TV show, this one feels underwritten to me. Yeah. I feel bad ragging on it because Baywatch isn't that bad, but this episode is worse than we're describing. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, this is like, if you want the clearest possible example of what I say when, or what I mean when I say that a lot of these two-parters feel like a one-parter that they had an extra minute of content for, boy, oh fucking boy, is this that episode. And I'm very sad because I said in episode one that this felt like there was more stuff to it. But no, they cut out so much other stuff and just yeah. resolve it in like five to ten minutes. Yeah, in a weird, sexy construction montage at the end. Oh boy, let's we'll get yeah, into we'll, that. We'll get, we'll get to into that. that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we at this point see that Ken's awake and kind of delirious and trying to escape. Uh, but he can't because there's too much pressure on the other side of the door and Hobie is trying to get the debris off of Gale. Um, and then Gale wakes up and Ken is freaking out more and more. But Hobie, he's keeping cool and keeping it together. Um, but uh oh, there's a hole in one of the windows and well, water sh- is coming into the plane. We should add that in between all this, there's just cutaways, slow mo shots to mm-hmm. planes and boats just doing things yeah you know? i kept on writing in my notes nine minutes in and nothing has happened mm-hmm. you know the part where morgan said gail is stuck and they're getting stuff pulled off of her that is nine minutes into this episode yes yeah my literally my next note is we are 10 minutes in and all that's happened is shots of baywatch getting closer and ken panicking like <laughs> there is nothing yeah <laughs> you know I think 
you like to coin this phrase of them doing tons of cocaine. And I can't <laughs> tell if this was them not being able to create something cohesive because they're on too much cocaine or they didn't have enough cocaine and couldn't write something better. I feel like it's got to be the latter because this is too slow. It's not like weird and crazy enough for that. It's not normal Baywatch weird. Yeah, exactly. But eventually at this point, Baywatch has made it to the crash site as well as the Coast Guard and they are getting ready to dive. And Mitch tells us to get the air supply ready and the Coast Guard starts playing all out of love. Oh, wait, we should we should add we should add this whole time. Gail has been saying Mitch will come. Mm -hmm. Mitch will come. She doesn't even know where she is. No. And Ken keeps asking, what is she saying? What is she saying? And Hobie says, she's calling for my dad, not you. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> first off, this episode of TV, if if TV episodes could be nominated for a Razzie, this yeah. would win it every year. They would oh, yeah. just re-release this every year to win that Razzie. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, all the lead up to this is boring stuff like Stephanie saying, Mitch, maybe you shouldn't dive in. Reason? I don't have one. And Mitch says, well, that's my son. So mm -hmm. I'm going in. And then Gail keeps calling out for Mitch. If, if you're getting an idea here, there's a lot of repetitiveness to oh my God, this episode. Yeah. Um, have we gotten to the drilling part yet? I was I was about to. OK. Yeah. Which is basically that at this point, you know, Coast Guard has shown up and they're like, oh, we have an inflatable thing that'll lift the plane. But it might take us 15 minutes. And Mitch is like, that's too long. I'm going in with air cutters. So Mitch and a bunch of the other divers from Baywatch get down to the plane and they drill a hole for an oxygen line and tell Hobie that there's a oxygen line and Ken is still freaking out. And then we get like a soft rock montage of Mitch trying to cut open the plane and rescue everyone. So, and we are now 20 minutes into the episode. Yep. So we get in um, in the original version. There's this song, I Would Die For You by Jan Arden. But in mm -hmm. my version, we get Love Knows No Bounds by Steve Bertrand. Uh, and, and Morgan, I would like for you to to do this song. There is a two parts in the middle I will have to do. Um, okay, and you'll you'll know what which uh, parts those are. But please, Morgan, do love knows no bounds. All right, my love knows no bounds. Come danger or strife, I'd walk a million miles to be the air that you breathe. Ooh. I will be there for you. <laughs> you know it'll be there for you. Whatever it takes, whatever the fight, I'd move the mountains. Oh. Just to get to you The moon and the stars They'd all agree I'd sacrifice it all You'll be okay mom You can breathe through this I'll be there for you You know I'll be there for you I'll be there for you There for you Ken get over here My mom's not breathing I'll be there for you there for you, whatever it takes, whatever the stakes, I'll be there when you need me, parting the seas, I'll be there for you. Wow. 
Wow, that's uh, <laughs> made a lot better by you doing that that tune. Uh, <laughs> by me injecting the Friends theme song in the middle of it. It's this. the only time I've thought Friends has improved something. Because, <laughs> God, I've talked before. I don't like Friends at yeah, all. Yeah, it's not a great I, show. I was asking somebody uh, recently, what is the best TV show with a laugh track? And... Maybe it's Seinfeld? Maybe. I haven't really seen a ton of Seinfeld, honestly. Can you think of a show that you like that has a laugh track? Um, I mean, I might go back to, like, classic TV days and say something like, I love Lucy or something. Oh, that's even my classic. I was going to say, 30 years ago is classic now. Well, that's definitely true. (laughs) If you say Gilligan's Island, I'm going to be so mad. (laughs) (laughs) No, I can't, in truth, say Gilligan's Island because I've never actually seen an episode. Don't. Just please, like, save yourself. Don't ever watch Gilligan's Island. I know you'd like it, but don't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think. uh, All the ones that are coming to my head are bad. Big Bang Theory, you know, a lot of those. I think Modern Family has one, and I don't like Modern Family. Uh, I don't I don't know that it does. Maybe it doesn't. Um, I mean, it's been a while since I watched any, so I don't totally remember. I, I I could not even tell you what happened in the last like eight seasons of that show. Yeah, I don't know. I watched the first like four or five seasons, I feel like. Yeah, I I, I thought it was fine. Yeah, I watched like three or four. There was a tweet the other day that um, feels like an attack, which is that. (laughs) Uh, Shit's Creek has replaced um, The Office as the show, the default show for white people. I mean, yeah, but at least it's a way better show. Yes. Um, though someone asked me recently, is Shit's Creek good? And, I, good? and I said, yeah, it's really good. But my first laugh out loud was in season four. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's the Crow episode. Ah, uh, that one's so good. It's, it's very funny. And from then on, there's actual laughs for me, but... Before that, it was just, okay, this is fun. Like, yeah, I I enjoy this. Yeah, it's a very, you know, it's a very just like sweet character driven show for the most part, which is nice. Uh, Yeah, unlike this show. Yeah, God, it's truly like this feels like they are attempting to do it like a a in-depth character drama where we like are worried about the character developments. But the problem is I don't care. Right. (laughs) I, I will give him this show this. It has made me laugh more times than Shit's Creek. Huh. Just because this show is dumb. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. And dumb is my sense of humor. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of dumb, Morgan, I recently started playing Final Fantasy Frank Sinatra edition. I did not know that was a thing. Slash Final Fantasy Limp Biscuit edition. Sure, sure. Uh, this is new Final Fantasy game came out called Strangers of Paradise. Mm-hmm. And the trailer, everyone was interested in the trailer because there's a part where the main character pulls out his phone and Limp Biscuit starts playing. And there's another trailer where he's walking through a field of like sunflowers and my way is playing. And they confirm hmm. both are in the game. Wow. And that it's not about a game within a game. So therefore... In this world, Limp Biscuit and Frank Sinatra exist. 
Interesting. <laughs> right? They have to. Huh. So there's an island somewhere. There has to be. We're Lent Biscuit and Frank Sinatra both chilling, uh, <laughs> which is very weird. But um, the game is very absurd. I'd like to read to you a mission blurb that I have. Sure. So your main character is named Jack, and it mm-hmm. says, The struggle is vicious, but Jack soon realizes that this abomination is not fearsome enough to be chaos. Enraged, he batters the beast until it is an unrecognizable pile of bloody gore. For Jack, any monster that is not chaos is just a waste of time. (laughs) Um, So the other thing this uh, became famous for is the fact that uh, they say the word chaos maybe about 30 times in the first 30 minutes. Wow. Uh, They just go, chaos. Are you chaos? I'm looking for chaos. (laughs) Uh, Also, I want to share with you this picture which we'll put in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> oh, boy. It's So it's best described by someone as, this game is absurd, and it knows what it's doing, but the creators mm-hmm. also hate that they know that. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's yeah. really fun, but it's just the dumbest. Like, the Limp Biscuit part is, someone goes, here's my backstory, and the main character goes... Bullshit. Turns around, pulls out his phone, puts on My Way by Limp Biscuit oh, <laughs> for like God. 10 seconds. Wow. <laughs> this game is so dumb, um, <laughs> but in a good way, unlike this episode. Yeah. Which tell me more about it, Morgan. Yes, let's. Uh, next up, we see them finally get into the plane and the rescue continues for ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like eight minutes later, they're all up on the boat and... Nothing has happened in the meantime. Oh, yeah. But, uh-oh, Gail isn't breathing, and she also has no pulse, so they can't use the defibrillator. And then, eventually, they do CPR good and are able to defibrillate her. God, I didn't take even her to the write hospital. about that. <laughs> yeah, it it goes on for quite a while. Oh, I did. Um, I did. I put three words, and I said, <laughs> we're 27 minutes into this episode. This is so bad. yeah. Once they get to the hospital, we learn that Hobie is mad at Ken because Ken is not a trained lifeguard. And that is the first 30 minutes of the episode. Um, Yeah. And then finally, after this, we get some non. Wait, 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 Mm -hmm. let's finish that part off. Gail, for some reason, all of a sudden now doesn't want Hobie to live with her after her crush with death. Um, And Mitch says this is okay if. Gail spends more time with them, which Mm -hmm. is a weird thing uh, because he clearly wants Gail to spend time with her son. But also, he's just super jealous of Ken. Yeah. And doesn't want her to be around Ken. And that Hobie told Mitch about Ken. I don't really know what there is to say other than he was experiencing trauma and reacted in in a fight or flight scenario. And this, I'm, I'm trying to sociopath Hobie, <laughs> uh, didn't and reacted mm-hmm. calmly. I wouldn't react calmly. I would say we're going yeah. to die. And I would absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, it truly like it truly felt like Hobie's whole complaint in this episode was I've been around lifeguards my entire right. life and, and have had lifeguard training and Ken hasn't. Therefore, he's not fit to marry my mother. 
Um, He's a man of the sky, not a man at the sea. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone knows the sea and the air must never meet. (laughs) It's funny you should say that. I'm watching One Piece right now and there's a sea in the sky. And Ah. uh, now that I see this, I'm going, maybe there can be both. Oh, no. What would Ken do? I actually don't ever (laughs) want to think about Ken again. He's boring. No. But thank you. But what if what if idea here's how mm-hmm. i would have improved the episode by like sure uh, spoiler we haven't given our readings yet but they're gonna no. be low here's how yes. to improve it by three points recast ken as rob riggle Ooh, ooh, yeah no that would be very good <laughs> that would improve this by three points absolutely um Unfortunately, we don't get that instead we get more matt yeah yeah, we get a brief scene where we learn that Matt's dad is repoing his motorcycle because he won't go to France. Um, and so Stephanie offers to let Matt live with her and CJ. And Matt's dad is like, but what about once he starts complaining about things? And Stephanie and CJ are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? We'll be fine. Um, and so Matt's going to stay here at Baywatch. He tells his dad, tell mom. I love her. <laughs> um, and it was a weird line. Yeah. So his complaint specifically about Matt was, well, well you want, I wrote this wrong. Will you want to take care of him when he doesn't come home until four in the morning? Right. And, and, oh, oh, okay. I mean, yeah. just give him a key. Yeah. Stephanie and CJ are like, why the fuck do we care? Like, He's an adult. He can stay out late. It doesn't affect us. So what if he dies? I shall get a new one. <laughs> I can get a new sexy French mat boy. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is really... Uh, it's the dumbest... Uh, okay, if if you put took a hat mm-hmm. and you put all the ideas for ways we could resolve the mat scenario and you put mm-hmm. in five joke answers... This is still the worst answer possible for how to yeah. resolve this is just, well, do you want to? And they go, OK, done. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it leads. I mean, I'm sure there's repercussions for this in the future, but maybe, maybe not. I mean, it feels like Baywatch could easily just be like, well, Matt's here now and this is the end of all of it. I like, I, I know there is because I looked at one or two like episode outlines just in that he's poor now okay sure right but ultimately this is dumb (laughs) yes extremely extremely dumb if this were a better show what they would have done is matt and his dad would have made up and they wouldn't he would not be a dick i don't know yeah or, or his dad would have stuck around, and we would have watched the evolution of that relationship. Um, but nope, no, we don't get that. Or, or, or maybe his mom would have broken up with with the dad, right. or something. Yeah, totally. There's there's many potential plot ideas here that don't suck. But or this or, is Baywatch we're watching. Or what if new idea? Mm-hmm. What if Mitch takes him in? Mm. I yeah. think I, I do think the idea of. Oh, no, there is a boy in our place is okay. (laughs) Okay, 90s. But what if my three boys? I mean, 
Uh, I do love that idea. <laughs> right? <laughs> you got a young one, you got a middle one, you got an older one. And yeah. Matt is just like taking care of Hobie and he goes, I'm going to actually now I'm realizing I don't want this because Matt is going to teach Hobie <laughs> how to flirt. Mm. Yeah, but also imagine the scene where Matt is teaching Mitch all of the hip new dance moves that he learned at the club. Ooh, ooh. And tell me you don't want to see that. I absolutely want to see that. Oh, my God. What? If, OK, right? what if what if Mitch is bringing home some random woman and then uh, Matt and Hobie have to get into hijinks to clean up the house? Wow. <laughs> wow. What are they going to do? <laughs> <laughs> this Honestly, that should have been the spinoff. They should have just had yeah. a spinoff called My Three Boys, and it yeah. should have been that. Yeah. The Three Watery Boys. But luckily for us, that's not a spinoff, because that yeah. would mean there's three spinoffs, and another 22 weeks of TV for us to do in this podcast. <laughs> and we already have a lot of TV to watch as part of this podcast. God, it's true. Um, but speaking of what we do get, what we get now is a scene where Summer's mom is complaining how expensive it is to start a restaurant. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa. You skipped mm-hmm. a ton of stuff. Oh, I thought we covered all of the stuff in the hospital. Uh, okay, let me go through my notes here. Uh, yeah, because we talked about how Mitch almost tells Gail about how Ken was acting on the plane, but then doesn't. And okay, Ken, well, so yeah, there's we one, talked about it a little out of order, but yeah, this one filler part Ken says uh-huh. he doesn't know how to thank Mitch because Mitch lies to Gail. He says, Oh, yeah, uh, Ken was great, okay. Uh, And then he says, Mitch saved the woman he loves more than life itself. Ken says anything Mitch wants is his. Mitch says he just wants Gail to be happy. I would have asked him for a college fund for Hobie. But, you know, that's just that's just me. Mitch asks Ken how in he is in. Mitch then says that. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's what I wrote. Uh, (laughs) Mitch then says Hobie told him how Ken handled things after crash. Doesn't matter now. Uh, oh, no, he did do the that. The only other note I have from this section is that Ken, at the end of this scene, Ken makes the very reasonable argument that just because he's not a trained lifeguard doesn't make him a bad person. And I I tend to agree. Yeah. OK, now we cut to Jackie shouting. Yes. Jackie is complaining about how expensive it is to start a restaurant and how she won't be able to hire any help. And Summer's like, guess what, Mom? Oh, wait, wait. I made something for you. But before you tell us what that is. Sure. I just need everyone to know there are five minutes left in this episode. And two of those are credits. Correct. (laughs) Um, Okay, continue. The the surprise Summer has gotten for her mom is that she has organized a sexy construction montage with all the lifeguards from Baywatch. Oh, yeah. And they they are hammering and nailing and doing all sorts of things while some serious rockabilly plays rockabilly okay okay we have some things to talk about the first thing i want to talk about is jackie quinn's accent because she keeps okay morgan i'm gonna type out a word for you i want you to pronounce this word okay permits okay i say permits you say permits she says permits 
huh. for me. I don't think I noticed that. Yeah, she always like she does it like as like their two words. It's mm. very weird and it annoys me. Okay, so <laughs> in the original version, we have a song that Morgan. I just need you to look up. Okay, please look up "Hungry Town" by Big Pig. By Big Pig. Big Pig. Big Big Pig. Big Pig. Big Pig. Big Pig. Big Pig. Okay, yeah, so this is, I think I must have found a version with the original music, because this is the song that was in there. Okay, cool. This is an odd song to include in the show, but I kind of love it. Yeah, no, I, I honestly thought it was pretty great. Yeah, I listened to it a few times, and I thought, okay... Okay, big, big. Um, <laughs> you you show us what that hungry town is about. Oh yeah. So this makes a lot more sense when listening to the 2019 remaster song that has kind of a similar beat, and that is "I Need You" by George Creeks. Morgan, could you please read the lyrics to this song? Sure. Well, you put in a hard day's work, but your belly ain't full and you need a friend to talk to. You need someone to cut through the bull. I said, oh, 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 oh. And the doctor said you need it. And I think I need it too. Baby, I need you too. Feed me, please. Believe me, I need you. Oh, you're so great. I just can't wait. I need you, baby. I need to feed me, please. Believe me. I need you. That was pretty great honestly <laughs> thanks that, that, <laughs> i was shocked that that like worked as well as that did yeah me too because i here's a spoiler i just kind of start going and then whatever happens is what i run with when i, I sing these lyrics <laughs> what i wouldn't know anything about that when it comes to i don't know talking um mm -hmm. <laughs> now now hobie after this song hobie and mitch do mm -hmm. some do some philosophy they, they teach us about some color theory. Oh, yeah. Hobie thinks he's purple. He's a little mm -hmm. sad, and he thinks he should be blue. But he's dabba also dee, happy. Dabba die. Mm-hmm. If I was green, I would die. But <laughs> he's also happy, and that should be red. Thus, he's purple. Mm -hmm. And thus, the episode ends. Yep. So, Morgan, before we get to our, um, our ratings, mm -hmm. let's do some, uh, let's do some I IMDb ratings. Sure. Oh, first let's do a goof. <laughs> oh, when ooh. Matt and his father—I think, I think this is our first ever goof. No, we've had like one or I think one or two. Oh, okay, but not many. When Matt and his father confront each other, standing face to face, a woman in a yellow bikini walks behind both of them simultaneously in opposite directions. This woman then walks away from Matt, then toward him, then away from him again. Hmm. It's a weird way to say that. Okay. I would, uh, I would say that's a certified goofum. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's do some IMDb ratings then. So we only have two. First is Bombers Fly Up. Okay, gave it a two out of ten, and said, "Son of a Mitch, yeah, that dude went a tad overboard." Gail remembers what Hobie did enough to completely change her mind about him living with her, but nothing about that guy. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Now, Sandcrab722 titles their review Drowsy Drowsy <laughs> and says, Scoundrel Mr. Brody. They saved some people. 
fugue of boundless monotony. Then they talk yeah. in a hospital. Torpor. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, okay, Morgan, how would you rate this? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, this episode was boring, and I didn't like watching it. Um, so I think I'm going to give this one a two. Uh, and I'm going to say that a two is the experience of being honestly a fairly decent dude who is trying to marry a woman who has been divorced, but her kid hates you because you're not a trained lifeguard. And even though you're honestly seem like a pretty good dude overall, the fact that you are specifically not a lifeguard means that you will never be able to connect with your wife's child. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a two for me. How about you, Michael? I'm also going to give it a two. I, I, I thought this was bad. I didn't enjoy watching this which is really sad because i kind of liked part one and yeah same it always happens we think oh man part one's not horrible mm-hmm. oh except for the season two where it was a zero yeah <laughs> yeah uh, but that's and the cruise ship episode which kind of sucked in the first part too yeah, okay, yeah, good point, Africa. Wow, <laughs> you're remembering this show better than I am. I wish I wasn't. <laughs> yes? For what? I've made Morgan Thrapp remember anything, literally anything, which yeah. is a goal. It's a, it's a yeah. life goal. Um, yeah, this wasn't great, so I'm going to give it a two. I'm going to say a two is... For some reason, my brain keeps coming to Sonic, but Sonic can't be anything but like a ten. <laughs> like everything Sonic is is a ten. Other than Sonic Two, the movie uh, is is a is a ten. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so a two is the opposite of Sonic. All right. <laughs> right. That's just how that works. Now, yeah, I, I do want to tell everybody about what happens. And our next episode, ooh, mm. our next episode is called Lover's Cove. And ooh. what happens, actually, we have an anonymous and a named review. Which one do you oh. want? I, I feel like we got to go with the named review, because if someone's too much of a coward to put their own name behind their Baywatch uh, plot synopses, then I don't want to hear it. We should remove our names from our podcast. God. Uh, <laughs> KGF Vissers describes when... Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> While Mitch dates Jackie Quinn, weird start, who mm-hmm. now runs the beach diner, homeless Matt... Wait. Oh, oh this, is, what? this is weirded. This is worded weirdly. Homeless Matt and her daughter Summer fall in love. Causing yeah, that is really weirdly worded. Th- this gets worse. Homeless Matt and her daughter Summer, f- Summer fall in love, causing tension with his female housemates. Yeah, wow. What a horribly huh. worded sentence. Anyways, yeah. Hobie gets a crush on fellow junior lifeguard summer course student Lauren Taylor before her mother Mary tells Mitch she's only temporary Malibu as part of a Make-A-Wish Foundation program for terminally ill kids. Oh, Hobie decides to treat her to a romantic trip to Lover's Cove, but that's a dangerous sight for two kids. Mm. And that's the description. I should have added okay. the Baywatch wiki description. Oh, no. 
Uh, the Baywatch wiki description is, while in junior lifeguard training camp, Hobie meets and falls for a terminally ill junior lifeguard named Lauren, who Hobie tries to win her affections by taking her to a part of the beach known as Lover's Cove to get attached to her. Meanwhile, Summer feels an increasing attraction to Matt, while her mother Jackie is now dating Mitch. Yeah. Oh, fun fact. Fun fact. Wow. Trivia information. Jeremy Jackson. uh, That's not how you say that name. Jeremy Jackson. Jeremy Jackson. Picked this as his favorite episode. Wow. He told TV Insider that for a 12-year-old kid to spend hours on end jumping waves and doing turns was a dream come true. Well, that... Yeah, I mean, I can understand that. I, uh, from these two reviews, I personally cannot wait to watch this episode next week. Wow, I cannot wait to watch this next week either. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Morgan, sometimes I do feel like maybe there's not enough spice in our lives. You know what I I mean? agree. I so, agree. Absolutely. Sometimes we're just a little bit too vanilla when we should really be, I don't know, something along the lines of daiquiri ice or uh, <laughs> not Rocky Road. That's just as bad as vanilla. Maybe something like Neapolitan, you know? Mm, and I mm-hmm. I think you, of all people, would 100% agree with me in saying that the most Neapolitan thing we could do is review the 1970s show Lidsville. I completely agree with you, Michael. Well, that's great, because (laughs) we watched episode one of the show Lidsville. We sure did. Actually, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest, I'm not 100% convinced that I did watch it. (laughs) Right. Not just that I had a weird fever dream with some slightly racist puppets. You you were, uh, you have been sick the last few days, so maybe it was due to that. It feels likely to me. Maybe I had the same sickness, because it also felt like a fever <laughs> dream to me. This show is batshit. It, that's yes. the best way to describe it. But let's tell you a little bit about Lidsville. So, mm-hmm. Lidsville was created by Sid and Marty Croft. Their first claim to fame was designing the costumes and the sets for the show The Banana Splits. Do you know that show? I am loosely familiar with that show, surprisingly. Do you know it because of the reboots of the Cartoon Network stuff or from the old 60s stuff? I'm honestly not totally sure. I just, I'm just like aware of the name and I've seen images from it. I've never seen an episode or anything. Sure. I mean, it, I, I I've haven't seen, I've seen maybe like a clip from the old 60s show. I never watched it because it's not a thing I want to watch. It's, it's just really people in these costumes and they bumble around and do stuff but yes from there morgan oh mm-hmm. boy are you ready for the other stuff that they've done i am so ready i know at least one thing that they've done but i'm curious to hear the rest well tell me which one what what thing do you know that they've done uh hr puffin stuff well great because that's what i'm going to talk about right now perfect so they created hr puffin stuff where Mayor H.R. Puffinstuff and other residents of Living Island try to help young Jimmy, shipwrecked and led to their island, escape the evil clutches of Witchy Poo, a zany witch who wants to steal Jimmy's talking flute from her collection for her collection of magical objects. But even sure. if Jimmy tries to keep his talking flute 
out of Witchy Poo's evil grasp, he is also trying to find his way back home. Now, dear audience who is listening to this, please Google image search HR Puffin Stuff, P-U-F-N-S-T-U-F. This is a nightmare. I want yes. to see it. Apparently, yes. there were many accusations from audiences and productions, companies, and so on and so forth, who accused the Croft brothers of mainlining LSD. And they said, <laughs> no way, brother. Uh, but but fun fact, uh, lid in Lidsville, they say it's for like flip your lid. But yes. lid is also 70 slang for an ounce of weed. This is true. So maybe it's Weedsville. But anyways, <laughs> after HR Puffin stuff, they made the Boogaloos. Now, the Boogaloos takes place in the fantasy setting of Tranquility Forest. The central characters are a popular band of teenage musicians named the Boogaloos, who wear insect-themed outfits with wings and antenna of and course. fly using their wings, although they are occasionally shown flying on surfboards. Now anyways, through peace-loving, though peace-loving and hippie-like, the Boogaloos are pursued by an ugly, evil, jealous old crone named Benita Bizarre who lives sure. in a gigantic jukebox and uses it to broadcast her own brand of blaring, obnoxious, unpleasant, in quotes, music. As, dread- as one does. As, as, as I do. A dreadful singer, Benita is furious at the popularity of the Boogaloo's more melodic, upbeat sound, and she plots elaborate, unsuccessful schemes to either destroy or enslave them. Now, so this show was touted as supposed to be as the British version of the Monkees. Do you know who the Monkees? Yes. Are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a Canadian production company with all British actors touted as the British version of the Monkees, but it was only distributed in America. Huh. I'm going to tell you something else that's going to blow your mind. All right. The second runner-up for one of the roles in this show was yeah. Phil Collins. Holy shit. <laughs> God. Yeah, so this show also looks wild. Now, after after the Boogaloos, they would make Lidsville, but that is not the end of their works, but it is the one we we're going to be discussing. Yes. So there were 17 episodes of Lidsville that ran between September 11th, 1971, September 11th is a cursed day, and <laughs> I wonder why, who knows why? Um, <laughs> 9-11 jokes, you're welcome. So t- between that and September 2nd, 1973. It was shot at the Paramount Pictures Film Studio in Los Angeles. The basic plot is that a teenage boy named Mark falls into the hat of Merlo the Magician following his show at Six Flags Over Texas and arrives in Lidsville, a land of living hats. For our cast, Mm -hmm. we have Butch Patrick as Mark. He's best known as the werewolf Eddie Munster on The Munsters. Or... You may know him as Butch in 2015's Bite School, where Playboy Millionaire... Whoa. What is that word? Playboy (laughs) Millionaire... Oh, this is a a great Morgan name. Are you ready for this? Very ready. Tony Canoni. Ooh. Ooh, that's very good. (laughs) Tony Canoni is caught between a... I I wrote this, and I'm still shocked at the sentence. (laughs) Tony Canoni is caught between... A vampire cult 
and the lesbian mafia. Well, fuck. I want to watch that. But taking on undead bloodsuckers and the mammary mafioso. Holy shit. Isn't as hard for isn't as hard as studying for his GED test at night school. <laughs> I, I, I need to see shit. Just fuck. That's very the good. The lesbian mafia, the mammary mafioso. What a great oh. description. Um, wow. Now, everyone else in Lidsville is kind of just. Yeah. There are a lot of actors who were uh, dwarves who were also in Wizard of Oz. That were oh. Uh, but there was also one guy who voiced a bunch of characters, uh, Lenny Weinrib, who was the voice of Grimace in the McDonald's commercials. Oh, shit. <laughs> also, he was the original voice of Scrappy-Doo. Joan Gerber did some voices for this show, and her Wikipedia article says, and I quote, that her most challenging voice role was... All the children in a Japanese train wreck for a Godzilla TV episode. Oh, <laughs> that's a very specific noise yeah. I feel like you have to make. No kidding. So, Morgan, before we go into the show and have you read us or sing us this intro, uh, <laughs> what were your thoughts going into this? I knew absolutely nothing about what I was getting myself into. Other than that Michael had told me that it was completely bananas and that I should prepare myself. Um, and I had briefly seen the YouTube thumbnail um, that looked like some weird psychedelic puppets. Uh, but other than that, I truly knew nothing going into this. Oh, I, I should add, I didn't know anything either. We just felt that part th that the Baywatch part of this episode was so short that we yes. need to talk about something else. Mm -hmm. And we had considered maybe doing the slap, but that's like 40 minutes long. Yeah. So we decided let's find something else. And I just went through a bunch of articles of interesting TV shows. And I found this one and thought, oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. This this is what we're doing now. Oh, yeah. Morgan, I do have here the intro. Now, the intro does describe the entire plot to the show. In fact, they don't have an introduction. They just have the intro song. <laughs> yeah. So, Morgan, please take us in. Sure. I, I think I'm not going to sing this one, but just give it a I'll give it like a slam poetry reading. You're not? Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, I do it. Hurt a little. Ooh, yes, please. I think this will be one of your first time singing on the show. Uh, I think I, I did early on, but OK, I'll do it. Yes, please. In the middle of the summer. Well, I have to scroll up. Hold on. <laughs> in the middle of the summer, in the middle of a park, there began a great adventure for a boy whose name was Mark. He had come to see the magic man along with all the children, and twas so began the day that Mark was never to forget. He performed all sort of miracles, and Mark was so impressed that when the time arrived to go, he lagged behind the rest. And quietly he did return the secrets of the hat to learn, but everyone had gone away, and darkness held his breath. The moment that he touched the hat, the room began to glow. And as he put it down and ran, the hat began to grow and 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 grow. He was stunned and he was fascinated. Still, he had to see there was something deep inside the hat. What could that something be? And cautiously, each step he took, he climbed up on the brim to look. And all at once, the hat began to shake and rock. Look out! Falling 
Falling into the hat, he fell, spinning, turning, whirling, twirling, down, down. And when he looked into the skies, he couldn't believe his ears or eyes. Lidsville is the... Whoa, okay, this part's hard. Okay. Lidsville <laughs> is the cuckoo-cookiest. Lidsville is the kikikikiest. Lidsville is the groove-grooviest. Lidsville is the living end, friend. If you get a chance to go there, you'll be glad you did, because everyone who goes to Lidsville really flips his lid. Yay! Yay! <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's the plot. That's just... The plot is is that. Yeah. He, he, he fell into this hat that kept growing... And now he's in a fucking drug trip. Mm-hmm. Like, it's weird. And now every episode has this intro. I, I started episode really? two. Yeah. It just has the same intro because they don't need a recap. Um, I should add, uh, not to spoil this, um, but I'm going to spoil this. This show does not have a happy ending. He never really? gets back. Oh, shit. <laughs> it just ends. Huh. It's kind of funny. Yeah, that's pretty wild. There's now, a small part of me that wants to watch more of this show, but we'll see. I, I mean, we can keep reviewing it. I don't know. Now, <laughs> Morgan, tell us about... Oh, well, actually, you know what? You know what? We should add that, again, this show has a lot of puppets. Yes. Everything, every hat is a puppet. And yes. a lot of these puppets are doing a character like mm-hmm. there is a vampire hat that sounds like Bella yes. Lugosi which is my favorite of them I I love that one um there's the a cowboy hat that sounds like John Wayne yes also there's, very good there's gonna be some others and we may we might have some things to say about them yeah there are, there are some very racist hats as well there and there are some others too don't worry uh mm-hmm. don't worry my friends there's hats to enjoy. This is a haberdashery of a show. But, oh boy. Please take us in. Okay. Uh, yeah, so my first note is simply that this theme song slaps. Um, yeah. I loved it. Um, and then once we finish the theme song, Marty's immediately kidnapped by hat puppets wielding axes because he's you a mean, spy. You mean Mark? Isn't his name Marty? No, his name is Mark. Oh, well, I have Marty in my notes everywhere instead of Mark. It's like 180p quality, my friends. <laughs> um, yes, Mark. Uh, uh, um, Control F, replace. <laughs> yep, that is literally what I just did. Um, he's kidnapped by hat puppets wielding axes because he is a spy. Now... Do they explain what he is a spy for? No, they do not. Uh, they just yell at him that he's a spy. They um, sort of do later, but not really. Later, but yeah, not right away. Um, and also there's a laugh track, and I spent a long time trying to figure out if this was actually filmed in front of a studio audience or not. Um, because I can't have, right? It, it was not. It was added in post. It um, had, like, there's no way you could have done all of this. Oh, no, absolutely. I just would have loved to have been in the audience while they were filming this I, um, and, and been very high. I do not I do not trust a studio audience to be silent during this. Like a bunch of them have to go, wait, ho- hold on a second. Can I ask a question? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but once the hat puppets bring Mark to their hat 
tower. Um, <laughs> we get to meet our villain. That's right. It's Charles Nelson Riley playing Hoodoo, who shows oh. up in, in a flying hat saucer and tells them that he can't collect any more hat taxes. So, so before that, <laughs> we also get a rabbit. Um, oh, yes. And this rabbit does a whoa. Um, oh, or, sorry, it's a whoa. Um, like stumble kind of stuff. And he trips, and then he says, yeah. aren't you going to ask me how I enjoyed my trip? Oh, I think I missed that line. Yeah. That's I, very good, though. No, it's not. <laughs> it's just the key difference between our comedy stylings here. Uh, I have another similar line written down later that I just delighted me. I'm, I'm afraid. Now, yes, as Morgan <laughs> said, this is Horatio J. Hoodoo. And Hoodoo <laughs> looks like... If Jim Carrey in the Sonic movie was put into a kid's TV show in the 70s, it'd be that. Mm -hmm. Yes, but with a a green, like, goblin mask. Not green goblin from (laughs) Spider-Man, but just, like, a goblin who is green. Right, right. Now, I find it interesting that even in the 70s, they were teaching Americans that taxes are evil. (laughs) I find that, I find that very odd. Now, also, Hoodoo looks at Mark and says the line, who in haberdashery is that? Yes. Which is, Very honestly, good. I want to make out with that line. <laughs> um, after he notices Mark, he then explains the whole theme song to Mark um, and reveals that they're going to torture him because he's a spy. Um, and so Horatio J. Hoodoo uh, interrogates Mark about why no one is paying taxes. Oh, no. And Mark oh, is oh, like, no, I have no, 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 no idea. Before that, we have to address, we have to address. They're inside yes. the tower now. Yes. And there is a, a some other hats there. There is a suit of cards person, a puppet yes. person, which I understand that saying a puppet person is weird when they're all puppets, but you gotta trust me on this. Mm-hmm. Candle people, and then yep. like a, a Chinese man in a basket, I think? I, yeah. I I know. But then some hats appear on stage in musical instruments and they play some like weird synth music. And my note is I am tripping balls, man. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's just like 30 seconds of this weird band that like plays some thematic music and then disappears behind a curtain. It's the most random wild thing. And their music sounds like experimental Devo or something. Yup. I cannot handle it. I... I had to pause and go, okay, I'm making some life choices right now. Are these good life choices? I don't know. Yeah. Um, But after this, in order to, I'm not totally sure why, he uses his evil eye to show Mark the town down below the tower. Um, And I guess this is supposed to make Mark feel bad about the fact that Hoodoo can't collect taxes. I didn't really understand. (laughs) Um, But then after Mark has been shown the evil eye, uh, Hoodoo summons Weenie the G. No, 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 no. Before that, before that. Yes. A woman who is the woman cut in half magic trick says, save half of him for me. Right. Which I guess... (laughs) Okay, please continue. (laughs) Um, Yes, Hoodoo summons Weenie the Genie. 
and tells her to take Mark to the dungeon. Now, Weenie the Genie is a, a woman in a just truly wild outfit um, who spends the whole time just, like, court gesturing around. Um, ah, yes, here is the line that she says when she is summoned. Oh, you summon me, great charlatan. Oh, wise, magnificent, deeper. De- Why can I never remember how that Despot. fuck pronounced? Despot. Oh, exalted and tyrannical Maharaja. And it is, it's, she's like doing weird, dancey, not quite flips, but just like moving around as if she was about to do a flip. <laughs> um, I, I love that description. <laughs> moving around as if she was about to do a flip. So you just mean like moving in general? But just she has a very like bouncy acrobatic kind of way of moving yeah, but she yeah. never actually does anything acrobatic. Yes, yes. Now, we should add that Hoodoo is giving her orders and shouting at her and she's very excited by all of this which you can tell yes. from her saying, "Oh, rapture." Yes. And they come up with some very weird curse word replacements in this. I I mean I, I like it. It's it's better than the, you know, like Frank Caliendo-esque ah uh, ice cream. You know. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, but after this, uh, we learn that Mark is very upset about the fact that he is stuck in Lidsville oh. and starts telling Weenie about the real world. Well, before that, before that, uh, who mm-hmm. says to to Weenie, the genie, to do to take Mark down to the cell or he's going to turn her into a teensy fly with only one teensy. Right. What does that mean? I have no idea. Uh, Again, with this show, you have to understand is they just make up a whole new language. Oh, absolutely. It is bananas. No, no, that banana splits. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, after uh, Weenie takes him down to the dungeon, Mark's explaining about the real world and... Weenie sounds very excited about this and would like to go there. Um, But then we go back upstairs to where Hoodoo is talking to all of his puppet minions, and he asks them, puppets, what do hats fear the most? Uh, And some of the puppets say things like fire. And nope, none of that's true. It turns out what they fear most is bad weather. Mm -hmm. Um, So he has magic weather controlling box thing that he summons (laughs) and he's about to tell all of his minions how he's going to control the bad weather to make the hats pay taxes. Um, But but uh oh, what's that? The stupid bunny summon the snow inside of the tower before that Mm -hmm. he does a very stupid thing. But just he puts so he he summons the genie with a ring that he vigorously rubs. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And he puts down the ring for a minute yes. for no reason at all. Yes. Like, I don't I don't know why you would take off your ring. But I have he puts no that idea. Down, and that is key to this rabbit snow. Tell us more. It sure is, because at this point, while the snow is going on, Weenie brings Mark back up from the dungeon and they're just kind of hanging out and watching all of this go on. Um, and then, while the snow is going, Mark steals the magic ring, and him and Weenie get out of there. But not that far out of there, just, like, right outside. Um, 
And then we cut back into the tower and there's Christmas music playing. And Hoodoo says, my favorite line of the episode, well, that's snow biz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, also, what hap- what's happening here is Weenie is a- obviously a genie. She's Weenie the genie. Of course. But she doesn't remember any of her spells, though. She doesn't. No. But you know what we do remember is that synth band again comes out. Sure do. And, and it is horrible. And I, 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 I'm tripping balls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we, Weenie has started going through a list of magic words, but none of them are right. You it's know? true. It's true. Sometimes you just got to say words until things happen. Yeah. And, um, Hoodoo's response to this is, just, you need to shovel the show. Whoa. You need to. <laughs> whoa. I almost did it again. You need to. I almost did it a third time. You need to shovel the snow. And then mm-hmm. he notices the ring is gone. Oh, yep. no. So he just goes outside. Uh, yes. They're still right there. <laughs> yep. They are right outside the door. And then finally, at this point, Weenie realizes that the magic word is help. Um, And as soon as she says that, she teleports them both so that they are hanging over, hanging onto a tree over the Shampoo River. Um, And Weenie says that if they fall in, they'll be all sudsed out, I believe, is the line, which is nothing. Um, (laughs) It's like, wait, so you mean clean? Yeah, I don't know. Now, now we should prepare all of you. If you uh-huh. decided to watch this episode along with us, which we will be putting in the show notes. Absolutely. Um, I would say, you know, if you're watching along or if you want to watch this, pause right now. Pause this podcast <laughs> and, and start watching this episode and get up to this shampoo river part and yes. then pause again mm-hmm. and then come back because... Mm-hmm. You thought this was weird before. Oh, it's about to get so much weirder. Hold on to your fucking head, okay? Because Mm -hmm. it is time for this show to go into overdrive. Oh, yeah. And it only gets weirder from here. Because we start meeting the residents of Lidsville. And, oh boy, it starts off, it starts off on a high note, which is sexy nurse hat. It's a nurse hat. That has legs? Oh boy, I was not ready for a sexy nurse hat. But I, <laughs> I was also not ready for fireman hat and police hat and party hat and John Wayne hat. Sav- and football hat. Football hat, African savannah, uh, savannah hat, and then the opera hat who sings every line. Yes. Now, also, there is a, a Chinese hat with a Fu Manchu mustache and a Native American hat. And both of them are very racist. There's also um, a French hat. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I, there's I'm also not... a hat that really just looks like a penis. Like, <laughs> just a lot like a penis. <laughs> oh, you know, penis hat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let me tell you, I'm absolutely shocked this show was canceled. Shocked. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you. But most importantly, there is a propeller hat. Now, there my is. my note here is then there's a propeller hat and she starts flying and I am fucking losing my mind at this point. What the yes. fuck is happening? And then mm-hmm. I said, oh, I guess it's a he. Never mind. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Mark, Mark is yelling for help. And this means that the Explorer can hear it through his telescope. 
because that's how that works. Is he um, and then, explorer? I, I thought it was like Savannah guy. Oh, I guess maybe. It's Just kind of general, like, British colonizer. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I guess it's racist then, too. I mean... Because <laughs> the British, um, British. But yeah, the... Uh, the helicopter hat goes and rescues uh, Mark and Weenie and brings them back to Lidsville. And what, but uh, how? How? Uh, I forget to be honest. He's flying and they're dangling from the hat's legs, right? Which is yes, just bananas. No, just imagine this is a '70s TV show, and you somehow have to do realistic or practical effects. So yes. you have a set where you have two grown people hanging from someone's legs. Yes. Again, the amount of money I would pay to be there live as they God, do I know. I would waste multiple paychecks for, yeah. for this. I yeah. I want this so badly. I know. Um, but once they get back to Lidsville, they land and... Uh, Mark has clearly forgotten his line, and they did have enough money to do a second take. Um, <laughs> he stands there for a while, looking very confused, and then says a line um, that I, I don't remember what the line was, but it was very obvious. I don't um, remember either. I was more impressed by the football hat, because the yeah. football hat says, Mark tells the story of what happened, and he says, wow, that's the most amazing story since my last touchdown, but... Yes. Who else is playing football with you? You're the football hat. That is a very good point. I had not considered that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then and then we get the racist Asian hat. Um Yes. And you know, yeah. The racist Asian hat says there is no other world cuz we need mm-hmm. to think Mark, I'm going Mark's going to take me back to the real world. And so he keeps telling him about the real world. Um and uh yeah, the look, uh the other look. hats just can't believe that the real world existed. Look, if there is two worlds out there, if there is our world, the world that is honestly partially dying and a uh, capitalist nightmare, and then uh-huh. the other world is a world full of sexy nurse hats, I think I still want to be <laughs> in our world. <laughs> That's fair. Well, it would especially be difficult to go to the real world because that show didn't even start until 92. That is correct. That is actually very true. Um, and, uh, you know, we never would have had a real world Seattle. That's true. That's uh, true. Which, uh, do you know where real world Seattle was shot? It was down at Pike Place, right? I, it was there. Then there was a second shooting area, which is above the Northwest Film Forum. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Which is right where you used to live, basically. Yes. Um, now, the next part here, I need to describe so who okay. says that he's going to get Genie, Mark, and the ring back, or else the rabbit will be bit dinner tonight. And then yes. the band comes back and just keeps shouting, rabbit, 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 rabbit. And it's again, pretty horrifying. I am tripping balls. <laughs> <laughs> I am I I was sober and I did not feel sober. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I were to get drug tested. I would fail. <laughs> now, yeah, it's pretty bananas. Banana splits. Now, Hoodoo <laughs> also calls the hat the hats lint pickers. 
Yes. That's well, that doesn't make I a do lot of sense. I don't understand that. No. I Okay, okay. Now, I would also like to do the next part here. No. Um we get my favorite character of this oh, show. Oh, please. Um we get to meet Mother Wheels. Yes. Now, I was very confused by her. Now, Morgan, I did actually do some recording here. Oh. Of um of Mother Wheels, which please uh insert this file. I don't know why I titled this H. Um, <laughs> let me. I'm gonna, it's five seconds. Let me listen to it really quickly. Sure, sure. Hey, uh, put a chopper in your hopper, honey. It's terrifying. Uh, <laughs> it's absolutely terrifying. It's oddly like like youper in the accent, Upper Peninsula. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, or for people who don't know that accent, like the movie Fargo is kind of like that, um, like that ac- accent. It's a very, very unique Midwestern American accent that only is in like a few areas. Uh, and uh, it's very hard to do because it's a, a weird accent that combines a lot of like weird American dialects with some parts of Scandinavian dialects that just really never escape that area, but it doesn't yeah. make its way into Canada. It's very much contained, like, right at the border to Canada. And this accent is sort of that, but, <laughs> like, on LSD. <laughs> I mostly just didn't like how she kept going, honey. Yeah. Honey. Honey. It, uh, it's very upsetting to she, listen to. She also says, right now, yak later. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's a biker. Mm-hmm. She's Mother Wheels, and of course, she's my favorite because she's the one that made me question life the most. <laughs> so, please tell us what happens from here, Morgan. Sure thing. So yeah, once Mother Wheel uh, comes and picks Mark and uh, Weenie up, Weenie goes back into the ring because she can't fit on the motorcycle otherwise because Mark's taking the rider seat. Um, and also, this is where we just get a bunch of time with the Dracula hat. Um, and then Mother Wheel starts driving away. But, uh-oh, they come to a detour, and it was a trap. The Wait. Hoodoo Gang has shown up to steal back the ring. We forgot to talk about the hat line. Which hat line? The hat hotline. It's called the hat line. What? <laughs> Do you not remember this? I don't remember this at all. So Hoodoo says, get me the hat line. And they, oh. they bring him a phone that's burning hot. It's yes. a hot line. Yes. Right? And then the rabbit starts going, whoa, hey. Um, and he puts out a call saying, calling all bad hats. Stop Mother Wheels. And that's when the vampire goes, save the neck for me. (laughs) (laughs) I do remember that now. It's so dumb. I was like, the hat line, what? (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, at this point, uh, the hoodoo gang shows up and steals back or attempts to steal back the ring. But Weenie distracts them. And and then they all go back to Lidsville. (laughs) Which was like, why? Yeah. It was very pointless. Um, and Mark tells them that Hoodoo and the Hoodoo gang are coming, so all the hats grab weapons and agree to fight Hoodoo when he shows up. 
Um, so because we've only got about three minutes left in the episode, it's time for Hoodoo to summon his flying hat and head into town. And he starts flying about the town. Let's, let's talk about this vehicle for a second. Oh, yes, He please. basically he throws his hat into the sky, which creates a flying machine that is, I would say, two Lego blocks tall in yes. height. <laughs> um, and it has, like, a little wheel. It looks like the shittiest Mario Kart cart you've ever seen, <laughs> but also the one I would pick every single time. Now, Absolutely. if we were video editors at all, what I would mm-hmm. do is I would edit Hoodoo into like a Mario Kart video because it would be the <laughs> funniest thing you've ever seen uh, in your it would entire be very life. Good. But alas, we are only audio experts, not video it's true. experts. Now, this fight, this Ragnarok of hats, Hatnarok, mm-hmm. one mm. might call it. Morgan, so all of these hats are they're they're standing together. They're actually standing together which makes them an easy target don't you think it sure does yeah truly bad planning it does not make a lot of sense and all of them show up with different weapons the native american hat shows up with a bow and arrow and then proceeds to just throw the arrows and then the bow that made Um, me laugh out loud (laughs) that was kind of funny um and then the uh the explorer hat shows up with a cannon and blasts hoodoo out of the sky. Wait, and are you not going to say what the racist Asian man throws? Oh, I don't remember. A skillet. Oh, yep. Football man mm-hmm. kicks hats, though. Yeah, yeah. But it's what? it's just, it keeps cutting back and forth between, here's a hat and the thing they throw, and then hoodoo. And here's a hat and the thing they throw. What about, what about Mother Wheels? I don't remember. She throws a banana, and it lands in hoodoo's mouth. I do remember that now. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, eventually uh, they blast Hoodoo out of the sky and he falls off his hat into the Shampoo River. And Weenie informs us that Hoodoo is now all washed up, which was kind of funny. Yeah. And that's uh, that's the end of the episode. Now, Morgan, uh, do you think you can sing? How do you do you do you think you have a song in you? I I think I can manage one more song. Okay, Morgan, could you please do the closing song here? Sure. Everybody there wears a hat. Everybody knows where it's at. In the land of hats, that's Lidsville. You can find it on magic maps. When the mountains wear mountain caps, (laughs) lined with welcome mats, that's Lidsville. I've seen people put on hats, and then they tie or pin them. In Lidsville, there's no need for that, because they live right in them. (laughs) So if you bump into a bonnet with eyes and ears and nose upon it, nope, you haven't gone bats. That's Lidsville. Liddy, liddy, liddyville. (laughs) Not to be confused with nitty grittyville. The land of living hats. That's Lidsville. That is the most Elliot Kalen (laughs) actual song I've ever heard. Yeah, it it kind of went very much in that direction. Now, on a scale of one to ten, which mm-hmm. I don't think I read our our scale earlier. Oh yeah, our scale is one is going through puberty a second time because you got recast, and ten is your parents are divorced because it's okay, but it's okay because your dad is David Hasselhoff and he's the coolest. Morgan, how would you rate this episode of Lidsville? I mean, I. 
I'm between a nine and a ten. The only reason I would give this a nine is for the racism. And I think I kind of got to go with a nine just because it, it it's kind of. You heard it from here, everybody. Morgan Threat, <laughs> racism is a nine out of ten. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is this is just like peak 70s psychedelia and. It did make me wish I had been high while I was watching it, but it was too early in the morning for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just overall, uh, if you're looking for some weird puppet shit from the 70s, you you can't do much better than this. Uh, so I give this a nine and I'm going to say that a nine is the experience of uh, being able to not pay taxes to the dictator that is uh, what's the fuck's his name horace horace j hoodoo uh uh something uh, like that what is um it is oh my god horatio horatio j hoodoo um but occasionally you do need to throw shit at him to knock him into the shampoo river but don't worry you still don't have to pay him anything so that's cool um yeah that's uh that's my nine out of ten how about you michael i'm also gonna give it a nine out of ten this was an experience where I think I might actually want to watch more of this. Just I will say, I looked it up at Scarecrow, and they do have all three seasons on DVD. Yeah, but it's also on YouTube. Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> do you have a <laughs> DVD player? Yes, I do. Okay, well, okay, you do, so then great. Um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm curious. I also want to check out the other stuff by the Croft Brothers to see if it's more of a drug trip yeah like this is again if you haven't watched this please i beg you watch this like it's 20 minutes and it is the wildest thing you've ever seen one of them it's not as wild maybe as that well maybe it is as well as that uh christian claymation movie you showed me who mania who mania um that one is is wild um this might be more wild. I'm not sure. This is insane. I love it. And a 9 out of 10 is the experience of... 9 out of 10 is the experience of watching this while you're at work, coming back from lunch, and not being <laughs> sure if really you are employed at all, if you know how to do your job anymore. Because all you thinks. All you thinks, all you think about is hats and, and yeah. drugs and how you could take drugs while wearing a hat. Because that's basically where it's at. Yeah. In a hat. I don't know how to keep rhyming this. <laughs> now, Morgan, obviously this was a, a special episode of, of Baywatch Rookie School, one of our, our uh, season frequency. I don't Seasonly? I guess seasonally seasonally. No, that doesn't sound right. Our season frequency. (laughs) Let's review another TV show episodes, Mm -hmm. but who knows? Maybe it'll happen again. I don't know. Could Uh, be, but, uh, this is quite the experience. I'm glad we did this because that Baywatch episode sucked. It was so bad, but you know what doesn't suck Morgan? What Michael? Our listeners. It's true. I want to thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Baywatch Rookie School and also Lidsville School, I guess. Ooh. Um, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> is Haber, ha- Haberdashgoolery? 
<laughs> Haberdash schoolery. Exactly. <laughs> uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I am at Morgan P. Thrap. I am at Snotsnit. S-N-O-T. S-N-I-T. But I actually have been thinking of changing it. Changing it. Oh. Uh, to at Squeezy Jibsnit. Ooh. Uh, because there's this guy who goes by the handle uh, Squeezy Jib. And I'm sure. thinking, that's not as cool as Squeezy Jibsnit. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's a cool ass name. S K W E E Z Y. Squeezy? Wow. Uh, that is very good. So, I mean, but every time I say my name is going to be something on the show, it changes by the time it's out. So, who knows? <laughs> we'll see what happens. But I'm going to change it. Squeezy Jibsnit. Well, folks, you can check in next week to see if Michael has, in fact, changed his name to Squeezy Jibsnit. Uh, I, I don't go by Michael anymore. It's all squeezy <laughs> from here. <laughs> in either case, we will see you next week. And just remember that's Lidsville, not to be confused with Nitty Grittyville, the land of living hats. That's Lidsville. Wow, it's the cuckoo kookiest, the kiki kikiest, the groo groo grooviest. <laughs> it's the living end, friend, which is a wild lie. That's like the end of times. That's disturbing. <laughs> it really is.